Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Swinging from the Hip. Um, I think I smell, so some of our regulars have... Uh, 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 busy. <laughs> so, but joining us tonight uh, is Paul. So, uh, to help me out and go through a few of the things that we're going to go through tonight, uh, yeah, as I said, is Paul. What's that? Add, add him to the stream. That'll help. There we go. Here he is. Hi, Paul. Hello. How are you doing? Not so bad. Not so bad. Alive. It's my first day of work today. So ah, right, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. It, 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 and uh, an enjoyable day out. Absolutely. Rearranging yeah. oil of oil, oil, oil of uh, on the. Uh, on the market, on the supermarkets uh, stand, shall we? Brilliant. I'm sure your hands are lovely and supple <laughs> and soft. And one, and somebody who will be joining us very shortly, which um, as soon as he gets in and logged in, uh, is Aaron. So uh, we'll um, look forward to him joining us very shortly. But uh, I suppose we're just going to cover off a few things we're going to go over today. The big talking point that's been in cricket this last week. Uh, we'll go over that, and that was the obstruction in the field. But as I said, we'll come to that a bit later. Um, we'll go over a few scoreboards in the meantime, uh, and we just sort of said start off with one that finished um, uh, last night or the night before. I can't remember now. Everything's a blur. It's been so busy. But that's Afghanistan and Zimbabwe. Now, if you remember rightly, I'll take you back to the first test match, and Zimbabwe basically went and made a had a very easy victory over Afghanistan. It's a home match for Afghanistan, but it's been played in the UAE. Uh, the table's very much turned as um, this time, Afghanistan with their first innings, and I'll bring that up on the old screen, and I'll share the old screen as I... Here we go. That's their first innings. That, that's a phenomenal effort from Afghanistan from their first test when they basically were bowled out cheaply in two innings where they've got Ibrahim Zidran starts off nicely with a 72. and then But look in the middle. Hashmutala uh, Shahidi and Ashgar Afghan, massive partnership, 200 and 164 runs for each of them. And Afghanistan um, uh, accumulating 545 for four declared. Obviously, we're, we're basically in a very safe position there. Um, and then to back it up, they go and roll, if they bring it up here, they roll Zimbabwe for 287 and they actually had to follow on. So um, 
huge role reversal there from that first test, as I said. So there were some some handy sort of um, contributions there uh, from Zimbabwe, but nobody going on and really being the anchor that would have actually taken them out of the trouble that they were in during that test. 287, you know, not, not terrible by any means, but when you basically let uh, Zimbabwe get five, over 500, uh, yeah, you're going to have to go out there and um, score big. And nobody really anchored, as I said, and scored big. And therefore, we had uh, Zimbabwe roll for 287. And following on uh, in their second uh, for second innings, and now, they actually come in. Yep, so come in, Paul. Just, um, it's, it's become fashionable not to enforce a follow-on, hasn't it? It so has. Been... Unusual that they actually did enforce the follow-on, uh, Afghanistan. I, I, not really knowing the pitch condition, so I can't really comment on um, is it what the conditions were like. It seems like when we look at that second innings from Zimbabwe, they were actually in quite a bit of trouble um, they were only, um, when, when I went to sleep, um, games played over, overnight, so to speak, bit of our time late in the evening, um, and then overnight, um, Zimbabwe was seven down when only about eight runs ahead. So the last three wickets, and we can see Donald uh, Tirupano, um with a 95, obviously um, with Sean Williams, who's got 151 not out, <laughs> went and put a few runs together. So Zimbabwe, who uh, sorry, Afghanistan, who would have been looking at Three wickets to get, maybe 30, 40 runs to get, actually uh, were sort of like pushed back, you know, were, were actually had to go chase a decent total. But coming back to your point, Paul, yeah, rather unusual in this modern day and age that they did decide to enforce the follow on. And I think also we need to point out, so for, so for those of you who are listening to the podcast rather than actually watching the, uh, the, the video, um, it's live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. You know, don't forget you can listen to the recording on the podcast as well as you do your commute and stuff. Um, you've got to remember that um, that 95 by um, by Donald, that's, it, that's with him batting at nine in the order. So um, yep. he really showed up a lot of, the, well, everybody bar one ahead of him saying, guys, look, this is how you this is how you apply yourself. This is how you score. Because he didn't score very quickly, let's be honest. At no. um, uh, a, run, a strike rate of 36 so only what one one run every or, or two runs and over, um, basically something like that. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, look, this, this is how you apply yourself. Uh, it's how you play within the shots that you know you've got. Uh, and um, yeah, it wasn't enough to save the game by any stretch. But uh, yeah, but 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 a great fist of it for the number nine. Oh look, I, I think in in one thing, you know, as someone who's been watching cricket and Test cricket for a very long time, and I'll just bring Aaron in as well since he's here. Um, there we go. Look, there's Aaron. Say hi, everybody. Um, but Hello, everybody. One thing, but one thing is that, like, you know, I, I just don't feel that the batsmen knuckle down in test matches like they need to at times. And here's Donald Turapano, who's basically, show, as you say, showing up the other batters. He's he's um, knuckled down and just basically dug into the trenches and stuck it out there sadly for him five short would have been a well-deserved century absolutely yeah very true so basically um that by by um basically sean williams and Tirupano um having that partnership it meant that um Zimbabwe, afghanistan will get there eventually go through all the test cricketing nations but uh, afghanistan were left with 108 for victory I uh, started off with a bit of a shaky start, um, losing a, 
losing some wickets there, as you can see, um, one for eight, but then uh, steadied the ship and um, got through comfortably enough in the end to square up the Test Series. And, I mean, are, are Afghanistan the best side ever to have played Test cricket? They've only played six Tests and they've won three of them. I mean, 50% record, that's pretty good game, isn't it? I thought that's where you might be heading with that, and the fact that they were sort of how quick they won their first test and all sorts of things like that. So, uh, yes, um, that, that's that's a, that's definitely a debate, isn't it? Yes, uh, are they? Uh, mm, yes. Well, no, no, knowing, knowing one of the topics we're going to go on to later, I just thought I'd throw it <laughs> if, well, if we make they, it there. Have they played a tier one nation yet? Well, they nearly did. Test. Actually, yeah. we'd have to go back and have a look and see who they've played. Um, but uh, unfortunately, due to COVID, they, um, their test match series with um, Australia um, got cancelled. Um, that was supposed to be last year sometime off the top of my head. Um, and was actually going to be played in Darwin as well. And would have been interesting what we would call winter in, in Australia if Darwin has a winter. <laughs> but um, that's where it was going to be played. But unfortunately, because of COVID, it didn't get played. But as Paul's saying, uh, so you think they've actually played India? They the, the first Test match was against India. They played Ireland, Bangladesh, um, and two against Zimbabwe. I'm trying to find what their sixth one is now. It's, um, yeah, because they played that many that you can actually list them all. Yes. <laughs> 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 So there we go, a well-deserved uh, victory there for Afghanistan in the end. And um, I guess, um, I'm not sure, we'll just go back to, we'll go back to the top uh, series. Uh, we've, got, we've got Afghanistan, Zimbabwe. We will see the next one fixtures going up is the first T20. So it was two, te two test matches. Two test matches. First one won by Zimbabwe and the second one, was won by Afghanistan, a drawn test series. I think Afghanistan will take that as well. Um, if we just look, just double-checking, yep, that's right. And the fixtures coming up, they've got three T20s um, starting, and the first one, oh, what's going on here? Sorry about this, people. Get to fixtures. First one starting on, on the 17th of March in a couple of days' time. So we look forward to that one. And uh, moving along, we'll get to the England versus India in the second T20 uh, that they're playing out of five. Um, another big turnaround. Uh, England quite easily winning that first T20 um, without losing too many wickets at all, chasing um, India's sub-par 120-odd. So, um, And then India able to turn the tables. You'd have to say England scored... a. Uh, what you'd say was a competitive uh, 164 uh, for six. So by no mean, uh, means an easy target for India to chase down, but they've done it with basically uh, two overs to spare and only for the cost of two wickets and one Virat Kohli making, uh, um, coming back um, with the bat. It's been a long time between drinks for Virat Kohli with the bat. Yeah, I guess that happens when you have a kid that sort of get additional pressures put on you outside of your playing structure so yeah you just have to adopt he's had to adopt to this uh new intervention or even in his adapt. Life, hasn't he? <laughs> or even adapt yeah, adapt. yeah, yeah, yeah. it's interesting you know it's, it's it's actually you do see 
you do see changes in um, performances from players when they've had major, and it's major changes in their life. Um, and it's just like to think if he if he is partaking in the um, waking up and in, in the middle of the night and helping out, then surely it's got to have an impact. Um, you, you know, it's, it's it's natural, isn't it? I mean, for for normal Joe blogs going to work, it has an effect on you uh, as you adjust. So you'd sort of think a normal sportsman's only human. It's got to have some sort of effect on them. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. having the nanny interrupt you in the middle of the night is going to have a heat, heat, a lot of effect, isn't it? <laughs> Professional sports people have uh, have got to be uh, have very selfish lifestyles because everything has to be pointing towards them performing on the pitch um, or or, mm. or on the running track or whatever it is, uh, and that means things like this. They that some. Um, with their kids, they, they the, the the their, their partners, their family um, will will end up doing a lot of stuff for them, for them to I mean, even just as a as, as as a before you're married, before you before you have a partner, you'll find parents obviously driving you around to um, to, 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 to to games and stuff. The the, the whole lifestyle, the whole family has to be centered around you performing well on that pitch, um, and uh, it's it's going to take some time for that to. As you say when a kid arrives to readjust things so that it, it, it remains that way yep absolutely so again just with the um scoreboard um bit of wobbles with uh, rahul going pretty early um sucking up six balls uh, to get a zero and uh, but then ishan kishan obviously um going well in a great partnership there with virat kohli to get things back on track and uh if you look at kishan's strike rate a great strike rate 175 and while i mention that i'm just going to head back up and we'll see if we look at the English scoreboard, whilst there's some great, good, oh, so not great, but good contributions, the strike rate's not really getting up to that sort of 200 or the high 100s, which sort of like really means that you start to get into the um, 180, 190 region, even pushing towards 200. So that's where possibly they, they sort of like left it out on the pitch. It's the fact that they just need to get that strike rate up a bit higher earlier um, to get the runs on the extra runs on the board. And then basically, well, uh, and yep, sorry. That's all right. I was just say, good to see that message coming in from one of our regulars on the um, show. Still, still at work. Good to see our rate payer money being put to good use. The, um, I missed that. Oh, Darren, oh, still at work. Aaron, that's <laughs> that, Aaron. That stuff is that, that's behind the scenes that the public can't see. So look, oh, yeah, you're looking at the wrong um, chat. Simon, thank you for joining. I was, like, um, I was like, what are we looking at here? What are we looking at? <laughs> okay, so those of you on YouTube, we do have a live chat in there. This is not what Aaron is talking about, but thank you, Simon, who's joined us on that one. And he's let us know that um, uh, that the other test match that um, Afghanistan have played was against West Indies. So they played West Indies and India. So two out of those six have been against what you would call tier one, if there were tiers in test cricket. Um or against recognised yep. test sides. Recognised test sides. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, and as I said, it, it, as if it wasn't for COVID, they would have ended up playing Australia by now as well, um, which is now being talked about um, being rescheduled uh, for later this year. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, be a big steeper learning curve when they end up in Australia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Look, that's that's the <laughs> to be fair, that's how you develop, right? You've got to you've got to experience the the conditions. Now, hopefully, they'll obviously they'll have a few T20s or one or one day as around that as well, where they'll be more competitive. 
Uh, but um, yeah, it'll be good. So hopefully they have those before the test match. So they've actually had, they've got, got time to, to acclimatize. To yep. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not sure because I know that originally there was like all the talk was around the test matches in Darwin. So I'm not sure how many other T20s or ODIs they were going to play as well. Anywho, so basically um, going back to the old fixtures. So the next one, uh, another, I said five um, T20s for India and uh, England being played. Where's it gone? Where's it gone? Where's it gone? There it is, right in front of me. So the next one coming up is on is also in a couple of days' time. Um, and strangely enough, it's uh, at the same ground where all the games are being played. <laughs> and one thing I'm wondering is how long before the uh, the pitch is actually worn out. Well, we're since, since, since as we've already seen, yet? we've already seen all the members and stuff. We know that they're basically India have uh, gone over it and, and um, turned it into a minefield. Uh, of, of a pitch before they before they even played any games on it. Well, but that I'm... was the interesting thing, though. No, but that was the interesting thing, right? So we went through the test matches where um, it was actually obviously quite a dry pitch, let's call it. But yep. then looking at this, particularly the, I mean, we won't look at the first ODI. In fact, first ODI was India that failed, and then <laughs> England actually got it within about fifteen, with about five overs to spare, or nearly five overs to spare. In the second one, again, hundred and sixty what we'd call an average par score for a T20 match. So I don't know what's happened to the pitch. The, obviously, the, the, it's quite different to the test match pitch of what they're playing the T20s on. Yep. Yeah, well, I mean, with all the practice of the IPL, they know how to produce a T20 pitch, don't they? Let's be honest. Sorry. What's that, sorry? With all the practice of the IPL, they know how to produce Oh, sorry. <laughs> With all the practice of the IPL, they know how to produce a, ten, a T20 um, pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah That's exactly. True. That's true. That's true. No, all the, the, the games have been played at the, all the test matches and and the T20s and the ODIs all being played at the same ground. Yeah, so it's at Ahmedabad, the new yeah. the new stadium. Yeah, the new stadium. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So they've got yeah. about eleven pitches in there. In the middle, yeah, 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 and it's it's funny because yeah. like when you see that it's actually in a, it's they've done it really well. Oh, it's actually yeah. not a circle; it's an oval, and so basically the ends create the the circle part, and then depending on which pitch they use, they actually end up with a full circle uh, for a for for a playing ground for a playing field. Which means, yeah, unlike a lot of grounds where if you're playing on one of the edge pitches, you've, you've, you've got, got a short boundary, it means they have yeah, exactly. Boundary. It does mean that if you're on an edge pitch and you're sitting, you're sat on the far side, you're a long way from the pitch as, as a spectator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is like bring the binoculars. That's why they're only putting spectators by the looks of it on one side of the ground. Because yeah. apparently, so they're getting crowds of about 60,000 uh, into the stadium. Um, and wow. <laughs> But apparently the stadium holds some something like about 110 or 120,000. Um, I think it's 120,000. Yeah, 120. So, yeah. yeah. But because of, um, um, oh, I can't COVID. think of the word, COVID and spacing, <laughs> it's only 60,000. Only. <laughs> only. <Yeah. laughs> hey, that's nothing. You know, that, that's just a minuscule of the population. <laughs> not, not true, but you got to say, that must be, even with COVID protocols, that, that those are clearly the biggest crowds anywhere globally for these games. Good point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be true. Yeah, that would be absolutely true. Can I try and yeah. think of a sport where you're getting bigger than 60,000 turning up at, uh, to the ground at the moment. I don't think you'll find anything anywhere. I don't think so. No, bigger than no. Eden Park. 
<laughs> Maybe well, you can show on, on. Well, they did get they, they reckon they estimated fifty to sixty thousand down at the viaduct for the um for for the America's Cup. <laughs> Maybe that tomorrow. Is that yesterday Maybe tomorrow. when you had to cancel it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunday, yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving along, we're gonna move on to the um actually we're going to go and look at the um, latest Sri Lanka West Indies game, and then we'll talk about the controversial moment of the week as well. Um, so we'll bring that back up on screen there, get rid of those ugly mugs. And there we go. Not a bad game, you'd have to say, when you've got Sri Lanka they've managed to get 274 for six off their 50 overs, and um, West Indies chasing it down, you'd say, comfortably enough with nine balls remaining. Looks like no controversies this game either. <laughs> no. So a lot um, of comment on that one. No, haven't seen that <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> when was that played? <laughs> that was actually played um, overnight, I believe. Oh, okay. Yep, overnight that was played. So, um, I is it... yeah, I think what Sri Lanka is struggling with, I mean, well, let's look at the um, scorecard. You're getting quite low down in the order with the silver um, scoring 80 towards the tail end at a great strike rate, you'd have to say, for an ODI. And considering being down probably uh, six wickets sort of thing. So, um, yeah, look, they were a six for 151 at one stage. So uh, a good partnership there by um, Ashin Bandara and um, PWH De Silva. Um, to see them through from 151 for six at one stage through to 274 for six and putting up somewhat of a competitive total to, to, for their bowlers to bowl at. Yep. And mm. then we can see that basically um, Dwayne Bravo uh, anchored the innings there for West Indies and seeing them through, as I say, to the total of 276 with basically an over and a bit to spare. So, yeah, sort of a comfortable victory for the West Indies. I think um, Sri Lanka, as I was about to say, really needing their, their, their batsmen to sort of um, fire a bit more. They've, they've been getting starts and uh, and either getting sought off by the umpires or, their, or, or by their un, own undoing. So really something that the Sri Lankans are going to have to basically pull finger on is around their batting because I think within their bowling, they've got enough bowling strike power to be able to... Um, to cause some trouble for, to the West Indies if there's if they could put some scoreboard pressure on with the run, uh, runs on the board. But coming to that controversy, uh, don't know if everybody's seen it, and the guys that will be listening on the podcast, unfortunately you won't be able to see this, but um, I'll just play you the incident and I'll talk you through it. So basically the batsman's um, played the ball. It's gone down at his feet, not too far from it, and uh, the the non-striker is going like a bat out of hell to take a single. And um, the striker decides no, calls no, and starts to back back into his crease. Unwittingly, while he's doing that, he actually ends up kicking the ball um, back towards away from the uh, from the fielder, which is the bowler, coming to try and run him out. So we can see it here. The, the, the batsman, he does look down. He does need to wear, but see the ball, but you can quite, I think it's quite clear. He's not really intentionally interfering with the ball. So that's what's basically happened. The, the West Indies appeal, 
Um, the umpires decide to go upstairs. The soft signal, which is the crucial part here, the soft signal is out, and the TMO backs up the soft signal by saying, yep, that the batsman is out obstructing the field. What are have you first of all have you seen the incident? Or do you have now, hopefully. You saw now, it there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you saw it there. What are what are our thoughts? Um, well, first off, folks, uh, if you haven't seen it uh, and want to watch it again, we do have it in our swinging from the hip supporters um Facebook group, so you can go and watch, look at it over there. Um in that one. I, look, it's it's a rare one, isn't it? I can't remember the last time I've seen someone out or heard about someone being out from obstructing the field. So it's a very yeah. rare one uh, there. Um, he comes, he, he sort of comes forward not in not looking like he knows where the ball really is. That's right. Um, and then, then as he retreats, uh, he's he, yeah, he is stopping the um, the bowler from getting out the ball, but uh, it's it doesn't look intentional. Um, but then again, I don't know. Does it? Does the law mention anything about intent? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like Paul said, you know, he plays the shot. He doesn't know where the ball's gone. He comes down the pitch because maybe there's a run in it. He's backing, and then there's a no-no from his mate down the other end. So he's backing up. He may be looking down, but he still didn't really know, I don't think, where the ball was. You know, he could have easily stood on it, probably moving back as well. Um, rolled an ankle. Yeah, but he just, yeah, you know, um, so... I mean, the option, yeah, the umpires gave it out. The soft signal was out. The um, the TV umpire backed it up. But does the opposition captain have the right to call the batsman back as well? To say, well, nah, the opposition, that, the opposition, but the, the opposition captain. scooper, the opposition yeah. captain is the one that's appealed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's so, the one that's asking the umpire. So there's not much chance of him asking him to come back. Um, I, I just think this is a horrible hometown decision, and that's all it was. It was a hometown decision. It was poor officiating. It is quite clear in the laws of cricket that the obstruction has to be intentional, and really to say that that was intentional is a pretty um, long long bow to draw there. Yeah, yeah we did, I did see that there was an appeal in that during the um, Indo-Kiwi uh, semi-finals. There was, there was an appeal for obstruction as the batsman's running to make his ground uh, the ball's thrown it hits him on the back um uh, preventing a run out now uh then the umpire said no look he, he's just doing his he's, he's just running his run he's not he hasn't deliberately blocked that ball therefore it's not out so there but you go you, Auckland cricket has better umpires than the west indies <laughs> was that, was that yeah. the umpire that the team said that couldn't see properly and needed his eyes checked no, 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 no. The different one, that one. The other one. No, but the, just the, that's actually a really good example because actually you can run a line to yeah. to between the ball being thrown and the stumps as long as it's a straight line. So you can actually take that line and know intentionally that you are block or making it difficult for the ball to get to the stumps. So you can take that line. What you can't do is then deviate multiple times to make sure that you change that, that you are blocking that line. So if you run, if you know that, let's say the wicketkeeper is going to throw to the bowler's end, you can sort of run a line straight down the pitch. You'll get told off for running down the pitch, but you can run down the pitch <laughs> as long as you don't then swerve because the wicketkeeper is thrown to the bowler who's off to the side a bit. So th there is an element of the, the you can do a bit of uh, offensive blocking 
Yep. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. It, but, well, yeah. It's, it's like that other sport we follow, isn't it? You can't change directions. But you can't change direction, actually, and you can't intentionally go out yeah. of your way to to yeah. what was assumed here, kick the ball, which was yeah. no way that he's done that. No, but it's interesting showing that incident because watching the highlights of the India England um, T Twenty, um, Washington Sundar was bowling, um, and. The, I can't remember the English batsman is, um, who was stri- is at the striker's end, but he hits the ball basically in the air back towards a bowler. Johnny Besto, who was the non-striker, accidentally, well, gets in the way. The ball hits his helmet, and Washington Sunder turns around and looks at the umpire, and, you know, he got himself and had a little tanty with old Besto, but the umpire straight away just said no. Right? Yep. Then yep. walked yeah. away. Because basically Washington was saying, well, no, he's stopping me from catching the ball. Which, when no. you look at the replays, he probably would have caught it if he yeah. had stuck his helmet in the way. <laughs> but he was taking a defensive action, basically, by the sounds yeah. of it, if it's coming back. He's just like, yeah. your arms and everything just basically go in every direction, trying to, ah, the ball's coming at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you say, it was evasive action. You know, evasive I mean, action was the word I was looking for. Drop yeah. to his... He would have dropped to the ground if the ball's coming at you at head height, not try to, um, yep. you know, dodge it. And, and, and I don't think there's too many cricketers out there that are going to be using the head. That's no. a move for um for HIA to go off. <laughs> yes, well, that, yeah, that's what I was wondering. So does he? Have, yeah, does the physio come on and give him an HIA test because he's got hit well, he should, te- Technically, yes, he should have been. Um, yeah. any time. I mean, we've seen it often enough um, locally, actually, in a, a, when, when we've seen some cricket on TV. Um, every time the player gets struck on the head, I think the protocol is is that the they need to be checked. Um, so even if it's a slight tap, I believe they still the physio still runs out there and has a chat, and it's a and it's an opportunity for the non-striker or the person who hasn't been hit in the head to have a drink of water. Yeah, yeah. And, have a, and, a, and a chit-chat about what they're going to do next. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, how much water do sportsmen need to drink, by the way? I, yeah, every we, single time there's any break in play, run on water. Like, they don't need that much water. That's so true. Like, it doesn't matter what sport it is these days, is it? It's, uh, as soon as there's a break in play, you get like about 60,000 people coming in onto the ground bringing bottles of water out. And it's just well, like... Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that just makes me giggle. So during the, I don't know, remember we had an issue at the Indo Kiwis, the um, semi final with the when the team running out the water bowls every three overs, <laughs> disgusting. And one one square leg umpire was said to be getting quite angry at the team. <laughs> <laughs> the and, then, wasted, and, then, yeah. and then the match, the said match referee, tournament referee, had to intervene. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, community cricket at its best actually yeah. look I, I suppose we've, we've covered off the old um uh you know w- what happened in that controversy in the west indies i think we, we, you know it's interesting when i went onto social media it's frustrating because there's people that just don't know what the law is and they go off it's like oh no he was he stopped the fielder from uh you know trying trying to get the non-striker out because the nine there was an opportunity the non-striker had gone a long way down the pitch but they just don't know what the law is. At the end of the day, it has to be um, intentional obstruction of the field, and that was nowhere near intentional obstruction of the field. 
So I think we're all in agreement that they got it horribly wrong in that instance. And well, it's not, basically it's the, the spirit of cricket. It's like with the um, bowler running out the non-striker, you know, when he's coming in to bowl. You know, I've seen that a few times. You know, now oh, yes, it's yeah, in the we'll have an argument about that one because. Yeah, but, but, but the thing is that I, I actually agree with it. You know, I actually think yeah, that the bowler should be able to run him out. Not, it's not so much, yeah, but there's like, do you give the, there's the bowler, you know, do you give him one warning at least before you do it? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You absolutely. You, you know, one warning, one warning. You give him one warning and saying, hey, look, you better stay back there, mate, otherwise next time I will take the bales off. Yeah. But yeah. you don't oh, have, I think so one no warning. So we've yeah. had in club cricket where the bowler doesn't warn them runs them out, and then as the umpire, what are you got to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, as an umpire, I would be going over to the captain and saying, hey, look, yep, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, you're, you know, within your rights to um, to to take the wicket, but in the spirit of cricket, I suggest that you call the batsman back and give him a warning. And then yeah. it's up to the captain, you know. It's, yeah. it's, the, it's the phrase that you – it's the wording that you use, right? It's the fact is that you, you basically – telling the captain what he needs to do without telling him what he needs to do. At the end of the yeah. day, he could still turn around and say, nah, I'll give you the middle finger. But I think you'd be, you, you know, uh, yeah, I think if you coach it right, you'll get the right outcome out of it. Yeah. And if the captain's going yeah, to it doesn't work if you want player 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 on one-day cricket. If the, you, if guys are, you guys are on fire tonight. Oh, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> See, Aaron's either not talking at all and going silent during your – or he's talking at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, if any, any captain that, uh, that doesn't um, take the umpire's advice better not appeal for any LBWs. Yeah. That's a very good point. Is this is like, yeah, you, you want some decisions going in your favour? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Again, that works when you've got neutral umpires, but if you've got player umpires... Uh... <laughs> oh, well, then it's never going to work in the player umpires because yeah. absolutely, yeah. because you, you've got your own... You, you're you're the umpire for your batter. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, hence, well, hence that's, a, that's a trip to the disciplinary um, committee because... There's going to be a few stumps and bats flying around. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we'll, we'll leave that to the disciplinary committee. Look, why don't you go over? So on the weekend, as Paul, Paul a couple of weeks ago, unfortunately couldn't make it this week, went along to the Indo-Kiwi T20 tournament that was being held over multiple weekends up here in Auckland. Um, that concluded this Sunday uh, with the final at Keith Hay Park in Mount Roskill in Auckland. And everyone, um, you sort of just go through us, tell us what actually happened in that local community tournament. Oh, sure. If you can remember. Um, yeah, well, yeah, from <laughs> about the time we did arrive, I think I got there, the game started around uh, four o'clock, but we got there around 4.30, prior commitments and all. Um, but I, the, the game was between the Young Fighters and the Kerala Warriors. Um, I think... I'm not sure who won the toss in that, but the young fighters batted first and they um, scored 106 um, from their 20 overs. Um, again, we didn't see that inning, so I don't know exactly what happened in it. But obviously the pressure of the final got to the young fighters. 
So a little bit of a disappointing score there um, in the 106. But, hey, at least there's runs on the board. Um, but unfortunately against the Kerala Warriors, who were on fire, they'd already played a couple of other games that um, during the day because they were partaking in another tournament. Um, they chased it down quite easily. Um, I think it was in the end maybe the loss of two wickets or three. Um, so, yeah, the Kerala Warriors went on and took out the um, the tournament this season. So, you know, congratulations to the Kerala Warriors. Um, well played. Uh, yeah, no. Look forward to next, and we all look forward to next season, hopefully um, without the COVID interruptions and that. So, yeah. We'll all have our vaccinations by then, so we'll be sweet to go. Yeah, so, and we're yes. elite sportsmen, so we get to go first. <laughs> yeah, elite sportsmen. <laughs> <laughs> and cricketers, cricketers at that. So, you know, yeah, cricketers, cricketers will be at the top of the list yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like the IPL, <laughs> but it is a similar tournament. <laughs> hey, um, just sorry, quite, quite, a few players, quite a few players might get, their, might get them on age ground. But not on being, <laughs> not, not being a sportsman. Hey, we won't quibble on how it comes about. Yeah, <laughs> whatever way you get it, whatever way you get it. Actually, uh, one of the things that was actually great at, at the final is that uh, I think predominantly the Kerala Warriors they got um, quite a little little fan group that turned up to cheer them on, and with the drums and uh, that going while the game was going on, it was actually created quite a nice little atmosphere there. And for for the game and then for the prize giving afterwards too, which was quite nice. Yeah, it was. They're, they're just great, you know. I think maybe um, as I said, the, there is the um, the KPL league, which they're all um, the Kerala people are all um, playing in, and that. So they had quite a substantial amount of um, spectators support there. Like Ashwin said, maybe about 50, 60 people mm. there, mixture of and the um, drums. Little, yeah, the, the children and the wives and mates and, yeah, the drums were there, so that was great. Um, obviously, we had the Indo-Kiwi committee there in full force um, <laughs> sitting on the bank um, with the chilli bins and um, <laughs> we don't, don't partaking um, in some format or um, in some way in support. I'm not sure how, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, they, look. Maybe um, some of the um, larger um, cricketing provinces could learn uh, a thing or two about how to um, get crowds along to and support and the support, especially with the um, you know and the, and, the, and the passion that they showed in supporting yeah. their team. Actually, yeah, one of one of the things we talked about, I think, um, when the quarterfinals, semifinals that that day is, is like there's a lot of passion out there in those ethnic communities running their own tournaments and the like. Uh, I mean, there's probably I don't know how many how many T20 tournaments would there be like ethnic T20 tournaments would there be in Auckland alone? Um, look, I think I I know like at the moment over the next couple of weeks there's two tournaments definitely running. Um, there's be another one that comes later in the year I think which Paul has been invited to cover um, the APL. Um, but there's other, um, there have been other t uh, tournaments on Sundays as well. There's a, not, you know, just not the normal cricket, you know, T20. There's um, the tape ball tournament and that as well. Um, so, yeah, look, there's just. So you're talking. You're talking. Amount and some of the prize money on these tournaments, you know, little 
tournaments. Yeah, I think the biggest prize money amount I've heard is about $6,000. Um, so, look, there's, you know, as I say, there's money out there in some of these communities, um, whether the guys sitting in their little offices at Eden Park or down in um, wherever they're sitting in Newmarket these days, um, New Zealand cricket. Um, so I think they've got to look into how they can get more into um, involvement and participation from these guys. Well, it's and not just that. I, I think it's what they need to do is, is like, I think they need to engage with those groups, basically. It's just yeah. like, you know, how do you how do you get them like they they I don't think they'll move away from running their ethnic competitions. They like yeah. those little competitions. They love them, and they really are fantastic little competitions that they run for the groups. And there's you know they're they're not they're not um, hit and giggle. They're actually quite they they take them quite no. seriously. But yeah. the passion's there, and what they need yeah. to learn is how can they grab that passion and bring it into supporting levels of cricket within New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's at least I, I know at least four. I mean, and that's what I'm. I'm not involved in the in the in in the uh, in the community out there. But I know I know at least four different T20 competitions up there um, that are that that, uh, that are ethnic community based. But you, you say they're little. We're talking 16 plus teams, right? For for, for, yeah. for a lot of these, and they uh, we they they've. They generally have um, good umpires. Proper, we're talking proper pitches. Some of the, um, and mainly on artificial, admittedly. But the it, if you're if you're trying to do a round robin with groups of sixteen, uh, or even if they're in even if they're in pools, uh, it's it's not these aren't little tournaments by 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 that sort of stretch by, by that sort of form. No, yeah, there isn't. No, I mean, are, you've got players in here who are ex internationals uh, who are currently under uh, currently age grade. Um, reps, uh, reps um, at, at national level, not not just um, yeah. not just stable. These are so. When you say the uh, some of these teams, as you say, take them very seriously. Some of the teams, yeah. I think, take them. Uh, oh. it, it is more of a get the family and mates together to play. But other teams take it um, take it seriously and get to the sharp end. So um, yeah, these are these are serious competitions. I, I do, and like you say, these guys, some of these teams do take it serious. You know, very seriously, guys coming in from Tauranga, Hamilton, up north, or even, you know, from Wellington and Christchurch. Um, so it's, yeah, yeah, they're very serious. And, I mean, like with the Indo-Kiwi tournament, which I'm, you know, I'm fortunate to be involved with, um, you know, as far as this season goes, we had um, 24 teams apply to play in the tournament. Um, it's just that, you know, we can only cater to type was 16 at the moment because of the ground situation you know you just and you plus if you look at 20 you know you need another few more teams on top of that 24 just to get the pools um the amount of teams and everything so it can work out properly but it's um it, it, the main issue at the end of the day comes down to grounds you know you, you need to be able to access the grounds and while um the higher beings say they're they want to support and help you when you go go there and ask them for support um yeah there's they go missing. Way, yeah what they say what 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 is done is very different but you, you flip that and you compare that to and um cricket clubs in auckland are they getting out second third fourth teams 
or are they just managing to get out their first team? Uh, and you're like, well, look, guys, we know there are plenty of players around who want to play cricket because they're playing their own they're, they're playing their own competitions. You're just not organising your competitions uh, and running your clubs in a way that is uh, um, accessible or inviting. Accessible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, but you know, a lot of these guys, they don't want to be, you know, um, some of the guys in these teams, the, the, the community tournaments, those guys are actually, you know, they're whatever business they're in or work they're in, they can't commit to the full season or the full, you know, full day. So, you know, they you've got some guys coming in just playing in these tournaments who are highly talented young, you know, talented players that some of the, you know, you, you, you're missing out on, you know, that's what you have in your club scene is not the only talent lying around out there, you know, there is a lot more talent and isn't it beneficial to the cricket as a whole if somehow all that, you know, you can work out a method or a way to get everyone involved. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. And, and, and oh, I think we're yeah, we freezing we, over there. <laughs> and I mean, we've, and, and Aaron and I went into this a little <laughs> bit in our For Your Ears Only uh, show um, last week. So become a supporter of um, New Zealand Sport Radio, uh, and uh, you can go to have a, have a listen to that about, about a bit about how to yep. engage people. But yeah, there's, uh, yeah, there is there's definitely a uh, a whole whole section of the society who want to play sport, and it's not just cricket, but other sports as well, in a less structured way, but want to have access to it um, and to play semi serious, but just not necessarily for that um, that for, for that. I mean, same with volleyball um, at the moment. If you if you want to go down the park and throw a net up and play volleyball, you, you'll, if you go down to Mission Bay uh, on the weekend, you'll see plenty of people doing that. Are they engaged with Netball New Zealand? No. Um, and those those uh, associations need to find out how to engage that so uh, the, the the casual sports player. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, no, just try try to quickly wrap it up, but I mean. You know, in cricket, it's not a cheap sport. Um, with some of these clubs, some of the guys that are playing the two-day stuff and that, um, the senior two-day stuff, prems and that, they're paying over three hundred, you know, three hundred and twenty dollars each to be in that um, for the season. You know, and I mean that's just club fees. You know, you um, you got to add in the most of those players have their own equipment. You know. Bats, pads, thigh pads, helmets, blah 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 blah. So yeah, it's like yeah, actually, it's just just on that sport. point, you just on that point. Um, I was at um, when I was on the junior committee at the Eden Roscoe Cricket Club, and um, I I was just taking I was in the nets with my son, and there was a family next door, um, that basically were trying to play cricket <laughs> but the, the 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 dad was bringing his two two twin boys they're about 10 11 years old and um but they were enjoying what they were doing and they were, one was good one wasn't so good but they were both having fun um and and so i went saw them said hi as you do and then went back next week and they're there again and the interesting thing was the fact that so i sort of say hey well oh, do you boys want to play cricket you know there's club over there join up and Yada yada yada. So they couldn't afford the fees. This is like we we have no money. We can't afford to join a cricket club. 
And so I said, no, don't worry about that. We'll sort it out. But, you know, then then it's basically, it wasn't just the fees then, right? It's, a, it's the gear as well, because the boys were old enough that they're going to be playing hardball, so they need to have their own helmets. So it's like, then that sort of, sort of like, oh, crap. Sorry. It's like, okay, so. You've got yeah. to have your own helmet. You can't share helmets. Can't share no. helmets, health and safety. Health and safety. <laughs> nets, nets, nets. Cuttoos, man. <laughs> so, but anyway, you know, look, at the end of the day, it was great because I mean, like, the, the problem is that you, you, I, I think the clubs can help people that can't afford to come into the game. But people that people were going to think, oh, look, I need to buy this, I need to buy this, I need to buy this, and and then there's the fees, and it's just like, so really, the, it's it's a lack of marketing in the sense of, hey, look. Come and talk to your club. If your kids are keen, they want to play cricket, we will help you make it happen. Um, and, and that's why there's something missing. Because not, as Aaron just alluded to, it's not actually a cheap sport. And if you don't, if you're not getting help to fund lower socioeconomic groups to come into the sport, it's just going to be an elite sport. Yeah. Well, I mean, how much did you spend on a bat this season, and how much did we spend on a bat this season? <laughs> Absolutely, it's just like you know, um, yeah, a discounted junior bet, one hundred and fifty dollars. It's just like <laughs> a senior bet, four hundred and eighty odd dollars. That's this. By the way, that's discounted. That's four hundred eighty discounted. And yeah. here's the other thing: when I played, when Aaron played, although he went fine league to fine league, when I played cricket, I bought a cricket bet. It lasted me pretty much my career as a cricket player from basically when I was early tw early 20s, 20, early 20s to, to my 30s. I've still got the bat. The bats these days last three seasons, if you're lucky, three, four seasons, if you're lucky. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, me. they're not, they're not made <laughs> to last. Uh, those last it's few seasons before Pranil retired and made his comeback again. I think I was buying a batter season. And we're buying a batter season at 500 bucks a piece. That was before you're getting discounted bats. That wasn't even discounted. <laughs> no, no, those were not discounted bats. Yeah. So, yeah, it is It is anyway. a cost-prohibitive sport. And um, I think there needs to be, you know, we're talking about how, you know, it's interesting because really all we're talking about, when we talk about the T20 competitions, this community, when we're talking about this, this is community. This is about how the hell do you get to all the community and make it a game that all the community can play. Now, I'll take mm. another sport, and this is like, you know, winter season. You've got two major sports in winter, rugby and soccer, okay? Rugby is actually a cheap sport to get involved in. Soccer ain't. Soccer is actually a very expensive sport to get into. You're paying north of $100 to join most clubs, plus your strip. Rugby, you're paying around $50 to $70, and your strip's included. You'll get the jerseys from the club and the like. So, you know, it, it, that's where I, I think, you know, you know, we, we, we obviously have a – we we um, – we, we, we like to sort of say how rugby is doing things. The administration of rugby is doing things wrong. That's one thing that they are doing right. They keep their cost, entry-level costs are going into rugby very low. Um, and, and and they look after you as well in terms of the jerseys and the playing stream. You don't have to buy your own socks and your own shorts, but the jerseys, so to speak, are taken care of and you know everything else. So, yeah, whereas like I, I'm talking to my friends, their, their, their son's playing soccer. 
$150 plus the playing strip, which you have to buy through the club because then they're making money on selling the strip to you as well. So, you know, not not a cheap entry-level sport, that one. So, yeah, it's, yeah. I think it's... You know, you think in, in, in rugby, obviously, you need gum shields and stuff, whereas football, all you need is someone to bring a ball along and a couple of jerseys. So in theory, it should be the cheapest sport in the world, which is why, yep. uh, which is why it's so popular in 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 so many countries because it is very, the, yeah, the you're, the real entry level to football is very very low. I, I don't I don't anyway, know. Anyway, I thought we were talking cricket. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think I think we're just alluding to the fact is that it needs there needs to be across the board more um, fingers going into the community in terms of you know yeah. how they you know you talk you have i mean like i was at a board meeting and talking about our kids sitting around on devices we've got to get them more active and i think that's actually as a community we need to do that as well we need to get more kids involved in sport to get them more active and the way it doesn't matter it's cricket rugby soccer whatever it is it needs to be accessible and it's not what was that on everybody. the news sorry what was that on the yep. news today about type 2 diabetes they expect a 90 percent increase in the next 20 years or the people getting type two diabetes, right? Um, That's, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think you know, you, you, you sort of think we're we're looking lots of groups asking government to throw money at them, throw money at them. I mean, you want to help kids out, throw money at community sports, so that people with lower socioeconomic groups can get involved because they can't afford to otherwise. That's the way to go. It's just like and, and yeah. I think. Anyway, as I said, anyway. we'll move on to some. And 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 I think. I mean, I, I was wondering there for a moment. I thought, geez, we're going to run out of topics too. digress, but we digress. <laughs> uh, yes, as Simon says, this is, okay, cricket capitalism, <laughs> buying bets, buy multiple bets in a year. <laughs> <laughs> Taz will be happy. Thank you, Simon. <laughs> hey, um, I wanted one thing I wanted to talk to, and um, and and it's like I this popped into my head during the week, and I was just sort of thinking, New Zealand would have to be overall the best cricketing nation currently in the world. Oh, I'm ready for this. Yep, he's ready for this. He's probably got stats. I have. He's got stats, but it's okay. <laughs> Oh no! Okay. <laughs> at the end of the day, when we, we look we at got it, passion. we got passion exactly. But but when we look at it, we, he can talk about stats and and all that. But at the end of the day, reality is is that the Black Caps have made it to the ODI final. They made it to the Test match world uh, Test match championship final, and they're basically fifth on the T Twenty table. But they've just beaten the second place T Twenty side. Um, so when you take cricket as a whole, not the individual ones, but cricket as a whole, if you sort of gave points based on that, you'd have to say New Zealand would have to be the best cricketing nation currently. I'm not saying forever and all, all time, but currently across all formats, the best cricketing nation that, that there is. Per capita player. Per capita so, as well. Oh, well, look, yeah, yeah look. We always got to per capita. In. Batting above their weight, absolutely. Um, there's, there's there's no two ways about it that uh, you, yeah you've got to say a museum with um, with with yeah with, with only five million people is, is 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 clearly when you look at the, the test championship with India with a billion um, Australia and England um, and uh, Pakistan is, is, is pretty populous as well isn't it so yeah I mean 
you've um, they, they are clearly uh, above the weight. But so in the, the test rankings, New Zealand are number two. In the ODI rankings, they're number three. Uh, and in the T20 rankings, they're number five. So two, three, and five. Um, whereas if you compare that to India, for example, who are um, the number one ranked test team, the uh, number two ranked ODI team, and the number two ranked T20 team, uh, and England, who are number one in T20, number one in ODI, and number four in test. Uh, yeah, look, you've got to say those uh, two are, uh, yep. are, 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 are overall are better at the moment. I'm going to take I'm going to take the um, South African rugby viewpoint on this one, Paul, and you'll you'll be aware of this. It's like gone to finals. Well, what's this table stuff? Gone to finals, and it's just yeah. like you know at the big dance. And, 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 didn't we beat India in the last series in New Zealand? Didn't we beat England in the last series in New Zealand? Oh, yeah. Sorry, so yeah, yeah. Uh, number one, what does that mean? Well, yeah, exactly. We're actually, actually on the field. We're actually toppling these um, number one teams, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, as 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 Arundhati says, at home, you've beaten a couple of good teams. At home, well, it's not, to be fair, it's not. It's not a Minnow's fault that the top guns don't want to play them because yeah, right. they bring the revenue in. We don't That's do the like, draw. We don't do the draw exactly. It's like when well, we look at Australia, why Australia doesn't want to play New Zealand after we beat them in the in the T twenties, we can see why. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you know, it's been a it's been a complaint of the you know your Sri Lankas, New Zealand, West Indies, etc. Is that the the and, and South Africa, in fact, is that your Australia's, England's, and India's keep playing amongst themselves, and there's there's a lack of um, scheduled matches between all with them and the rest of the uh, let's for want of the term as we talked about before tier one nations. So look, you can only play what's scheduled in front of you, and if the BCCI says these are this is who's playing who, then that's all you can do. True, no, absolutely, yeah, you're right there. Um, but that, that, that's a good point. Is is how much do uh, how often, how frequently do, do different teams play each other? And he, um, now, it's, it's probably got slightly better now than it used to be when essentially England would, uh, during the winter, would just go to Australia, play five test matches, um, another seven one-day internationals, uh, maybe a couple of T20s, and then go home and not play anybody else. Now, that those that length of series has, I think, has, is, it lo looks like it's reduced. It doesn't, it doesn't exist. It's reduced. It's not gone, but it's reduced. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, the uh, and, and that's one of the problems you've got is you, you're, you're trying to play three formats with the same or play three sports effectively with the same with the same players. Uh, you, so you, you're not going to be able to play lots of different countries if you're trying to play three different formats because there just isn't the time of the year to do it. You've only there was also there was also a period there. I think it, it's a, it seems to have died down a little bit. But it's just like, you know, the Ashes were every four years. Mm -hmm. um, now they're every two years. Yep. Right? Yep. And, and sort of like, so they've actually, yeah, and, and in fact, I think a, a few years ago, it felt like Australia was playing England every year almost. Um, so I think it did happen. But they've sort of paired that back a little bit. And it's simply, you, you understand it from their viewpoint as well because they just make such big dollars out of it. This is, that's what they want to do. But it means well, that there's less competition. 
True, but I, I, it has, has, is, it's, again, I'm, I'm going to blame IPL because that's what turned me off from cricket in the first place. Um, but with, with IPL and with the money that the BCCI has now... Uh, and control. Uh, and, and control. But the, the only way England and Australia can try and sort of maintain some control of their own players is by earning megabucks because otherwise it's going to be outspent by the IPL and they just never see their own players. Uh, and, all, um, and it's already at the stage where no tournament dare run at the same time as the IPL. Everybody has to basically take a break for the IPL. That's right. Um, so the only way that the that England Australia can try and hold on to their players and have some control is by playing the the big dollar or the big pound uh, matches as often as possible to try and get somewhere near the same cash as BCCI. And is and as you say, that led to them overplaying the Ashes. Which reduces its worth, which uh, backfires in the end, um, yep. because people get bored of just seeing the same thing over and over and over, yep. uh, and they, uh, yeah, they, 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 they took the wrong approach um, to that to try and cut to try and to, and yeah, the the the, the answer has to it has to be what we're kind of getting to now, I think, which is the IPL has its own window because it's just too rich. Um, and then everyone tries to fit around it and tries to, tries to get a little bit more balanced in who they play. Well, effectively, the only ones that do get to they have the dollars to be able to pull their players out of the IPL if they have a clash is England and Australia. No other country has the ability. And a good example of that is New Zealand when they play the two tests against England um, will most likely not have their IPL representatives uh, playing in the test unless they're out of the IPL tournament because the... Um, the finals, the quarterfinals, semifinals, all that will be going on uh, when those on. So if if, uh, if the IPL teams are out, they'll be there. If they're not out, they'll be in the IPL. So the, it's, again, the minnows in terms of dollars um, um, uh, are missing out on their players. It's just the ones that can afford to pull the um, players but out. When you say minnows, it's basically pretty much everybody except well, India, England, and England, England, right? It's, it's, I mean, it's 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 three three yeah three countries that can um, yep, afford it, afford it, and everyone else can't. But when look, yep. we're talking about playing other teams. You've got twelve test 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 teams. If every test team was to play everyone else, um, that would take up eleven weekends uh, at least as a minimum kind of thing. Um, the you've then got yourself twenty. ODI teams and um, uh, 85 T20s. Now, I agree. Look, outside the top sort of 12 or so, um, you don't really, uh, for, for the T20s, they're not going to play uh, your England and Indias. But um, there's just too much cricket to try and jam in. But the, uh, just on the test matches, though, Paul, because that's, that's, I mean, I, I think in terms of um, what they did, they, they need to bring the test matches are actually starting to come back in vogue. People are actually wa really wanting to watch test matches. Um, and when you look at the test match championships, uh, you know, test championship, it's a four-year cycle, um, I believe, off the top of my head. Um, so basically what you're trying to do is make sure that everybody has a series against everybody else, home and away, in a four-year cycle. And that's, again, you're talking about the top 12 of that, probably top eight um, countries. Well, yeah, there's only 12. 12 test countries anyway. Um, but yeah, yeah so uh, the test championship table, for example, if you look at that, England played 49 matches um, across that four-year period, um, which uh, India was second with 37. So in England played 12 more test matches than anybody else. 
So yep. clearly, England likes test matches. Everyone else, um, you, you get down to Ireland with just two. Um, but if you talk about sort of serious ones, in mean, Bangladesh um, had uh, 20, uh, West Indies 28, which is, you're looking at being, what, so that's looking at 21 to, to 29 less than England. I mean, England played yes. twice as many test matches than Bangladesh during yep. that period. Um, I mean, one of the final. But how can you expect to to? I mean, one of the things we bemoan is is batsmen not knowing how to apply themselves. Yep. If you're only doing it five times a year, how are you going to learn how to apply oh, yourself when absolutely. you're spending the rest of the the, the other forty seven weekends of the year um, playing T twenties, playing T twenties, and, and the occasional one day international, well, or, or one day one day cricket. One day and trying to hit the ball out of the stadium. That's all you're trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> no, look, absolutely, yeah. you're not wrong there at all. That's basically that's that's the issue. Is is like, um, I think um, the watered down the test test the value of the test, um, and they've shot themselves in the foot because as as we just said before, um, more and more people are actually uh, getting into test cricket and, and enjoying test cricket far more than ODI. ODI seem to be basically. A ghost of what they used to be, and T um, Twenty. Everybody thinks it's sort of shits and giggles. So, um, quiz time for you, boys. Oh, here we I go. Already, Fail. I've already told you that England have played the most Test matches at forty-nine, and that India are second with thirty-seven. Who do you think has played the third most Test matches in the last four years, according to the ICC Test Championship table? I mean, logically speaking, I would go Australia, but I'm guessing that's not the answer. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 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 Australia played 31. I think it's... What's that? Is it us? Australia played 31. New Zealand have played yep. 27. Okay, so Sri who Lanka, was third? Sri Lanka have played 33 test matches. That that, that surprises me that Sri Lanka um, are, are up there. Yeah. Um, we've got one. It'd be interesting yeah. to see a split of how much home versus away that is um, and whether the, their board is basically quite amenable to requests from um, uh, uh, countries to say, hey, come and play. And we'll go, they go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it's no like, worries, well, they're going to... Yeah, we're there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're there too. Oh, you're, uh, you're here already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, there we go. So we've got... So it was England, Austra uh, India, and then Sri, Sri Lanka. Yep, then Australia. Yep. Then Australia. Australia. Right. The greatest, the greatest test playing nation in the world. Actually, I'll leave this one for next week. I'll leave this. I'll leave this one for next week. As a fact, is that we'll talk about the, the most, the nicest players in test cricket, which has just popped up this week. So we'll leave that one for next week, shall we? <laughs> Is, 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 yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice playing team. <laughs> oh, no. well, well, I, I suppose we'll wrap it up there, guys. Did you cover off yeah. the plug shield? Not really. That's one day stuff. Who cares? We just said one day stuff. Plug shield's the uh, four day, day, four day first class cricket. No, no, four, no, four day stuff. It's where the four trophy is the one day stuff, isn't it? Yep, that's right. We haven't got time for plug shield. No, we've run out of time. I have got time. We talked about community cricket. We 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 jumped from plunk uh, from that um, international to community cricket, and we sucked up a lot of time there. Yep. All righty, yep. guys. Hey, 
thanks again for everybody turning up and Paul for uh, pinch hitting again. I uh, appreciate that. And uh, mm-hmm. everybody that's watching and listening out there on the interweb, thanks for tuning in. And um, we'll see you again next week here at Swinging from the Hips. But in the meantime, make sure you're tuning in to Paul at 7 o'clock in the mornings for your daily uh, catch-up of what's happening in sport. And obviously there was some exciting news about how Team New Zealand came from behind twice today uh, in the sports news tomorrow. <laughs> Um, yep. And and then of course tomorrow night there will be um, a good bit of chat and driving more on the rugby with the rugby and I'm guessing hopefully you might have Boer on there and we, he might actually get get a, get him to talk about referees. Well, top ten. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he won't be able to do that. No, no. And then no, it's no, just no, like Wednesday. Where's the Wednesday nights? Is the league show? Is it Paul? Or is it the next so, show? So, folks, quickly, so yes, Monday evenings at 8 p.m., we've got the uh, Swing from the Hip Show cricket show. Tuesday evenings at 8 p.m. is the Driving More Show, our rugby show. Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. is our standoff, which is the league show, followed by the Nixon newsletter at 9 p.m., our football show, a league show. Thursday evenings at 8 p.m., we preview all the Super Rugby games for the weekend. Uh, uh, straight after the final whistle of the um, New Zealand games, we try and have a bit of a post match reaction. Um, but uh, we wrap it all up at 8 p.m. on Sunday with the uh, Super Rugby Review Show. And as Ashwin said, the morning sports briefing, your best way to start the day up to speed with all the important sports news is at 7am every single morning. See you later. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. Um...